Part four, chapter nine of Canada's Hundred Days. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by James O'Connor. Canada's Hundred Days by John Livesay. Part four, chapter nine into germany just a hundred days had elapsed since the canadian corps moved from arras into the amiens show up to the capture of mons in those days the corps had gone far had struck often and hard had in a dozen pitched battles met and overwhelmed the foe and proved itself in the eyes of europe and the world a weapon for the offensive of temper unsurpassed. Sir Arthur Curry thus sums up the results attained. Quote, Between October 11 and November 11, the Canadian Corps had advanced to a total depth exceeding 91,000 yards through a country in which the enemy had destroyed railways, bridges, and roads and flooded large areas to further impede our progress. To the normal difficulties of moving and supplying a large number of men in a comparatively restricted area were added the necessity of feeding several hundred thousand people, chiefly women and children, left in a starving condition by the enemy. Several deaths by starvation or through suffering consecutive to privation were experienced in villages and towns which, being kept under hostile shell-fire, and defended by machine-guns, could not be captured rapidly by our troops. The fighting was light up to the Scheldt Canal, but stiffened perceptibly from there on until the capture of Mons, and added a great deal to the physical exertion caused by such a long advance in adverse weather. When it is recalled that since August 8 the Canadian Corps had fought battles of the first magnitude, having a direct bearing on the general situation, and contributing to an extent difficult to realize to the defeat of the German armies in the field, this advance under most difficult conditions constitutes a decisive test of the superior energy and power of endurance of our men. It is befitting that the capture of Mons should close the fighting records of the Canadian troops, in which every battle they fought is a resplendent page of glory. The Canadian Corps was deeply appreciative of the honor of having been selected among the first for the task of establishing and occupying the bridgeheads east of the Rhine. A long march of 170 miles under difficult conditions was ahead of them, but they ungrudgingly looked forward to what had always been their ultimate objective, the occupation of German soil. Between November 8 and November 11, the following had been captured. Prisoners, 31,537. Guns, heavy in field, 623. Machine guns, 2,842 trench mortars heavy and light 336 over 500 square miles of territory 
and 228 cities, towns, and villages had been liberated, including the cities of Cambrai, Denain, Valenciennes, and Mons. From October 8 to October 11, not less than 47 German divisions had been engaged and defeated by the Canadian Corps, that is, nearly a quarter of the total German forces on the Western Front. After October 11, the disorganization of the German troops on our front was such that it was difficult to determine with exactitude the importance of the elements of many divisions engaged. I desire to record here my deep appreciation of the services of Brigadier General N. W. Weber, B.G.G.S., Canadian Corps, and of the generous efforts and untiring zeal of the general officers, regimental officers, the heads of all arms, services, and branches, and the members of the various staffs. Until the opening of these operations, Vimy was properly regarded as the greatest achievement of the Canadian Corps, and a comparison is of interest. The Corps always regards that battle as having begun on April 9, 1917, and finished on May 5 following, after our troops had consolidated Fresnois. It was after that date that divisions began to be relieved, and that Lieutenant General Sir Julian Bing issued his corps order. The deepest penetration at Vimy was 10,000 yards, the attack being made on a front of 7,000 yards when we captured 67 guns, 7,000 prisoners, and defeated nine German divisions, but at a cost of over 20,000 casualties. In the Amiens show, August 8 to 22nd, we attacked on a front of over 8,000 yards, widening out to 10,000 yards, capturing 196 guns, nearly 10,000 prisoners, and defeated 16 enemy divisions at a cost of 11,706 casualties. The Arras show, including the capture of the drocourt Kiant line, opened on August 26 and concluded on September 4. We attacked on a front of about 8,000 yards, but this was increased to 12,000 yards as we progressed and drove a salient into the enemy defense. We penetrated 20,000 yards, fought 18 German divisions, and captured 98 guns with about 9,000 prisoners at a cost of 8,999 casualties. During the hard-fought Battle of Cambrai, we penetrated between September 27 and October 12, 30,000 yards on a front of about 9,000 yards, capturing over 120 guns and between eight and 9,000 prisoners, besides inflicting extremely heavy casualties on the 13 divisions reinforced by 13 independent machine-gun battalions the enemy brought into line against us, our own casualties being 15,106. In each of these three battles, therefore, results attained were greater than those of Vimy, fine victory though that was, and in their cumulative effect there is, of course, no comparison. They broke the back of enemy defense on the West Front, 
In the period August 8th to November 11th, the Canadian Corps fired off over one quarter of all the ammunition used by all the British armies on the West Front in the same period. The following table of captures by British and Allied armies from July 18 to November 11, 1918, is of interest. Prisoners, British armies, 188,700. French armies, 139,000. American armies, 43,300. Belgian armies, 14,500. Total prisoners, 385,500. Guns, British armies, 2,840. French armies, 1,880. American armies, 1,421. Belgian armies, 474. Total guns, 6,615. The contribution of the Canadian Corps to the British total, as stated above, but confined to the period of the Hundred Days, was 31,537 prisoners and 623 heavy and field guns, besides over 3,000 machine guns and trench mortars. These figures speak for themselves, and yet, relative to the task performed, our casualties were by no means heavy. It will be of value to record here the two appended tables. A is a summary of Canadian casualties by years, but in comparing 1916 and 1917, it is to be remembered that the 4th Canadian Division served in France less than five months in the former year. Table B is a summary of Canadian casualties by operations as from August 8 to November 11, 1918, inclusive. Table A, Summary of Canadian Casualties by Years 1915 Officers killed 121, wounded 329, missing 22. Other ranks killed 2,596, wounded 9,136, missing 1,861, total 14,065. 1916. Officers killed 556, wounded 1,399, missing 115. Other ranks killed 10,183, wounded 36,339, missing 4,508, total 53,100. 1917. Officers killed 610, wounded 1,779, missing 102. Other ranks killed 11,235, wounded 44,515, missing 4,324, total 62,565. 1918. Officers killed 737, wounded 2,237, missing 70. Other ranks killed 10,511, wounded 
77. Missing, 1,609. Total, 60,241. Total, killed all years, officers, 2,024. Total all years, wounded officers, 5,744. Missing officers, 309. Total all years, killed other ranks, 34,525. Wounded, 135,067. Missing, 12,302. Total for all officers and other ranks for all years, 189,971. Table B, Summary of Casualties, August 8 to November 11, 1918. Casualties reported from noon August 8 to noon August 26, 1918. 1st Canadian Division, officers killed 38, wounded 132, no missing. Other ranks killed 565, wounded 2,540, missing 95. Total for the 1st Canadian Division, 3,370. 2nd Canadian Division, officers killed 30, wounded 107, missing none. Other ranks killed 344, wounded 2,210, missing none. Total for the 2nd Canadian Division, 2,691. 3rd Canadian Division, Officers killed 25, wounded 93, missing 5. Other ranks killed 378, wounded 1,967, missing 118. Total for the 3rd Canadian Division, 2,586. 4th Canadian Division, officers killed 37, wounded 108, missing 4. Other ranks killed 409, wounded 2,019, missing 220, total for the 4th Canadian Division, 2,797. Canadian Corps Troops, officers killed 1, wounded 19, missing none. Other ranks killed 29, wounded 210, missing 3, total for the Canadian Corps Troops, 262. Total for all four divisions and Canadian Corps, officers killed 139, wounded 459, missing 9. For other ranks, killed 1,725, wounded 8,946, missing 436. Total for all four Canadian divisions and Canadian Corps troops, 11,706. Casualties reported from noon, August 26, to noon, September 5, 1918. 1st Canadian Division, officers killed 33, wounded 124, missing 1. Other ranks killed 217, wounded 1,118, missing 81. Total 1st Canadian Division, 1,574. 2nd Canadian Division, Officers killed 22, wounded 139, 
missing none. Other ranks killed, 347, wounded, 2,519, missing 440. Total 2nd Canadian Division, 3,467. 3rd Canadian Division, officers killed 30, wounded 107, missing none. Other ranks killed 342, wounded 2,118, missing 121. Total 3rd Canadian Division, 2,718. 4th Canadian Division, officers killed 26, wounded 117, missing 1. Other ranks killed 139, wounded 751, missing 37. Total 4th Canadian Division, 1,071. Canadian Corps troops, officers killed 1, wounded 13, missing none. Other ranks killed 11, wounded 142, missing 2. Total Canadian Corps troops, 169. Total for all four Canadian divisions plus Canadian Corps troops, officers killed 112, wounded 500, missing 2. Other ranks killed 1,056, wounded 6,648, missing 681. Total for all four Canadian divisions plus Canadian Corps troops, 8,999. Casualties reported from noon September 5 to noon September 27, 1918. First Canadian Division, officers killed, 6, wounded, 20, missing, none. Other ranks killed, 356, wounded, 1,583, missing, none. Total First Canadian Division, 1,965. Second Canadian Division, Officers killed 5, wounded 37, missing 1. Other ranks killed 110, wounded 1,113, missing 3. Total 2nd Canadian Division, 1,269. 3rd Canadian Division, officers killed 5, wounded 44, missing 1. Other ranks killed 114, wounded 667, missing 19 total third canadian division 849 fourth canadian division officers killed nine wounded 49 missing none other ranks killed 504 wounded 2293 missing 74 total fourth canadian division 2929 canadian corps troops Officers killed one, wounded nine, missing none. Other ranks killed seventeen, wounded one hundred and thirty six, missing none. Total Canadian Corps troops one hundred and sixty three. Total for four Canadian divisions plus Canadian Corps troops, officers killed twenty six, wounded one hundred and fifty nine, missing one. Other ranks killed 1,101, wounded 5,792, missing 96. Total for all four Canadian divisions plus Canadian Corps troops, 7,175. 
Casualties reported from noon September 27 to noon October 12, 1918. 1st Canadian Division officers killed 34, wounded 189, missing 9. Other ranks killed 522, wounded 2,857, missing 521. Total, 1st Canadian Division, 4,124. 2nd Canadian Division, officers killed 16, wounded 87, missing none. Other ranks killed 155, wounded 1,103, missing 25. Total 2nd Canadian Division, 1,386. 3rd Canadian Division, officers killed 46, wounded 141, missing 6. Other ranks killed 578, wounded 2,966, missing 347. Total 3rd Canadian Division, 4,084. 4th Canadian Division, officers killed 66, wounded 197, missing 2. Other ranks killed 647, wounded 3,880, missing 254. Total 4th Canadian Division, 5,146. Canadian Corps troops, officers killed 4, wounded 18, missing none. Other ranks killed 42, wounded 296, missing 6. Total Canadian Corps troops, 366. Totals for all four Canadian divisions plus Canadian Corps troops, officers killed 166, wounded 624, missing 17. Other ranks killed 1,944, wounded 11,202, missing 1,153. Total for all four Canadian divisions plus Canadian Corps troops, 15,106. Casualties reported from noon October 12 to noon November 15, 1918. 1st Canadian Division, officers killed 6, wounded 22, missing none. Other ranks, killed 52, wounded 298, missing 51. Total 1st Canadian Division, 429. 2nd Canadian Division, officers killed 6, wounded 34, missing 2. Other ranks killed 204, wounded 1,372, missing 125. Total 2nd Canadian Division, 1,743. 3rd Canadian Division, officers killed 8, wounded 26, missing two. Other ranks killed 79, wounded 433, missing six. Total 3rd Canadian Division, 554. 4th Canadian Division, officers killed seven, wounded 88, missing one. Other ranks killed 196, wounded 1,191, missing 19. Total 4th Canadian Division, 1,502. Canadian Corps troops, officers killed 5, 
wounded thirteen missing none other ranks killed nine wounded one hundred and sixty two missing two total for canadian corps troops one hundred and ninety one total for all four canadian divisions plus canadian corps troops officers killed thirty two wounded one hundred and eighty three missing five other ranks killed five hundred and forty wounded three thousand four hundred and fifty six missing two hundred and three total for all four canadian divisions plus canadian corps troops four thousand four hundred and nineteen august eighth to august twenty sixth total eleven thousand seven hundred and six august twenty sixth to september five total eight thousand nine hundred and ninety nine september five to september twenty seven total seven thousand one hundred and seventy five september twenty seven to october twelve total fifteen thousand one hundred and six october twelve to november fifteen total four thousand four hundred and nineteen total between august eight to november fifteen four thousand four hundred and nineteen grand total forty six thousand four hundred and five one last scene it is the morning of december fourth nineteen eighteen corps headquarters after leaving mons is established successively at gosselies near charleroi famous for its glass factories now stripped bare and at huy between namur and liege a medieval town of rare beauty grouped around the towering citadel that here frowns down upon the wide and tranquil meuse thence we move an arduous march up into the wild fastness of the ardennes to the village of ville somme it lies in a little valley and through it runs a brawling stream on every hand shouldering hills girt with pine woods here are many slate mines and from these out of this all but inaccessible country the methodical bosch has taken the machinery it is a desolate vista of mountain and heath home of the stag and wild boar here too faggot cutters ply their hard calling and peasants scratch a livelihood from the reluctant soil scattered about in this famous hunting country are the shooting lodges of wealthy european sportsmen and in one of these where now the corps commander has his headquarters the crown prince lay hid during those fateful days preceding the armistice and thence escaped into holland a few miles east the hamlet of poteau a half dozen scattered cottages marks the international boundary it is raining mist swaths the rolling hills the corps commander stands at the crossroad to take the salute of our men marching into germany by his side is sir archibald macdonald g o c first canadian division and the canadian light horse supplies the escort fifty yards east is a german custom house where congregate curiously half fearfully german women and children and with them the much uniformed customs officer 
It is an impressive sight here at noon in the rain at Poteau, impressive to the imagination even more than to the eye. As they march past, these troops of the 1st Canadian Division, the 2nd Canadian Division crosses the boundary further south, led by the 3rd Battalion, Central Ontario, and the 4th and 2nd Batteries, CFA, Canadian Field Artillery. It is the outward and visible sign of victory emerged at last from the dark years. The 1st Canadian Division is to cross the Rhine at Cologne, the 2nd Canadian Division at Bonn. It was first proposed that the entire Canadian Corps proceed to the Rhine, but difficulties of transport and supply led to a material reduction in the numbers of British divisions allocated to the occupation of the Rhine bridgeheads. But even with its representation thus cut in half, the Canadian Corps is liberally treated. Sympathy at this hour is with the gallant 3rd and 4th Canadian Divisions, thus denied a legitimate ambition. But these, though they remain behind in Belgium, participate nevertheless in spirit in this triumphal march. Their desert is not less. They have proved their valor and tenacity on many a bloody field. They share in the honor common to all and are content in the knowledge that it redounds to the high repute of Canada. A fine driving rain beats down. The country road is ankle-deep in mud. The head of the column comes in sight. The men in full marching order, their oilskin sheets over their shoulders. Eyes left! Eyes left! Runs down the line. Through the mist, the figure of the corps commander looms, erect, a little stern as is his wont the familiar figure that on many a battlefield has proved a strength and inspiration to his men. Now as here in this place he returns a salute, it is surely with the sense of a great task well done. The band of the 3rd Battalion strikes up the maple leaf, and the threadbare melody achieves dignity in this wind-swept space. This frontier land between war and peace becomes poignant and noble. We ride a little way into Germany and then turn back to Vilsam. The rain has stopped and the sun is sinking into the west, into a bed of heather and purple mist. At the same moment, he is beginning to cast his pale and horizontal rays over the distant Canadian scene where children rub sleepy eyes in greeting of a new day. End of Part 4, Chapter 9 End of Canada's Hundred Days by John Livesay Recording by James O'Connor, Randolph, Massachusetts, October 2010